three, two, one. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 458. Happy Monday. Let's have a fantastic week. Yesterday felt like Christmas Day, man. We had the Super Bowl. It was so much fun. Hope you had good food. I hope you hung out with your family. Today we have a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash opinion. That's linkedin.com slash opinion to post your job for free. Again, that's linkedin.com slash opinion. I love them. LinkedIn jobs. They're great to work with behind the scenes. They're good old faithful. And uh, let's jump in. We just had the Super Bowl. The Rams just beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl 23 to 20. And man, it was a cool Super Bowl because there were great stories on both sides, no matter who won, whether it was Cincinnati or L.A., it was going to be good, and there were good people involved. And uh, look, the Rams have so many compelling storylines that I go like, oh, my gosh, just person after person after person. Andrew Whitworth, the Rams' 40-year-old left tackle, not only won his first-ever Super Bowl. I'm so happy for him. He did it against his former NFL team, the Cincinnati Bengals. He spent years in Cincinnati before he came to L.A. in 2017. So he got a ring. He beat his former team. He can walk off into the sunset, the NFL's Man of the Year award winner, And I'm so happy for him. Matthew Stafford, the Rams quarterback, 12 years in Detroit with the Lions. Zero playoff wins to show for that time. Now in L.A., one season in L.A., he won a Super Bowl. He won four playoff games in a row. And uh, what does that say about the Detroit Lions? Remember the narrative about, you know, Matthew Stafford sat Padford. All he does is put up big numbers and never win. Well, who was the problem? Was it Matthew Stafford? Or Detroit, clearly the problem was the Detroit Lions organization because Stafford has shown now he can win. Not only can he win playoff games, he can win a Super Bowl. I'm so, so happy for him. And frankly, in my opinion, I think Matthew Stafford probably just secured himself a spot in the Hall of Fame because he's going to retire with really, really good numbers. He's going to have a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns, and now he has a ring, something that no one can take away from him. We will always say, well... He put up good numbers, he won a Super Bowl, and he's no longer viewed now as a guy who could not win the big game. And I think you know he's got a couple years left to put up more big numbers, and I really, truly believe that this is a game that we're going to look back on and go, that right there solidified Matthew Stafford as a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's the difference between him and Phillip Rivers or Carson Palmer or guys like that who were close but not quite there. I think you know Donovan McNabb is another guy right on the edge who never won a Super Bowl, and we look down on him because of it. Matthew Stafford, this is going to elevate him and I think allow him to make it into the Hall of Fame someday. And man, L.A. needed this win so, so badly. Uh, They lost the Super Bowl in 2018. And uh, this year they traded away like literally all of their 
future draft picks. They traded for Matthew Stafford. They traded for Von Miller, Sony Michelle. They're like, we don't need first round picks, second round picks, third round picks. We don't care. They literally, you know, they'll get a compensatory pick for next year. But in the 2022 NFL draft upcoming, they literally have, I, I believe, either two fifth round picks and a seventh round pick or a fifth round pick and two seventh round picks. I believe it's two fifths and a seventh. But they're not pick, you know, picking till the final day of the draft. And they are totally fine with it because they went all in on this year and trying to win a Super Bowl. They won a Super Bowl in their home stadium. It's the second year in a row that has happened. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I don't know. It's hard to not be happy for the Rams organization. I'm so happy for their head coach, Sean McVay. I mean, when he lost the Super Bowl in 2018, it was heartbreaking. And he's been so successful. This is kind of the pinnacle of his career. And if he never wins one ever again, he'll always be able to say, I got this Super Bowl. I won one in 2021. And he's the youngest head coach to ever win a Super Bowl, 36 years old and 20 days, which is crazy. How about safety Eric Weddle? Eric Weddle came out of retirement in January. He was retired for two years and said, I'm going to come back. If the Rams need me, I'm going to help them in their playoff run. And in the Super Bowl, Eric Weddle was the Rams defensive play caller, which is just as another storyline after storyline after storyline. Aaron Donald finally got a ring. Aaron Donald has done everything. He's a perennial all-pro. He's won Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. And after doing everything else in his career, he now has finally won a Super Bowl. I'm happy for Aaron Donald. And he had the key moment where he put pressure on Joe Burrow on fourth down at the end of the game. It was basically a sack, but it's ruled an incomplete pass because he did get rid of it and throw it near Sam Pirine. Um, You know, Aaron Donald made key plays in the Super Bowl to help his team finally get over the hump, and I'm happy for him. Odell Beckham Jr. He got hurt. I feel bad for him. He hurt his knee. Uh, but I think that it would have been really hard for Odell to lose the Super Bowl, not having played the second half because of a knee injury. But he made an impact. He had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown before he left the game injured. And aside from just his Super Bowl performance, you have to give credit to OBJ because he made a bunch of key plays on the road to a Super Bowl as well. I'm happy for OBJ. It's crazy. Like Andy Whitworth, Matthew Stafford, Eric Weddle. Aaron Donald, OBJ, there's so many characters on this team that I'm like, ah, I'm so happy for these guys. Also, apparently, Van Jefferson, the Rams wide receiver, ran to the hospital after the game because his girlfriend had a baby on, you know, their baby on the same night he won a Super Bowl. And his home stadium, it's unbelievable. I just, story after story, I'm so happy. It was a magical night in L.A. from the... How about that halftime show, which really felt like the culmination of everything, you know, music, culture in L.A. It was awesome. Uh, the hometown win. And my favorite thing about this Super Bowl is that the Rams were rewarded for going all in. As I look back, I'm, I'm only 24 years old, but I look at all the stuff I've done. Lived in L.A., went to college, dropped out of college, work on a podcast, live in Hawaii. Like all the best decisions I've ever made were very risky and all the best stuff I've ever done were moments where I'm like, I'm scared, but I'm going to go for it. And it's way better to give it everything you have and lose than wonder, what if I'd tried that? And could I have made that move instead? And the Rams, win or lose, were able to look in the mirror and say, we did everything we possibly could to win a Super Bowl. And I'm really glad to see that pay off. I'm happy to see them. They made so many moves to build their team this year. And uh, they ignored the future and said, it has to happen right now. And for that reason, I am so, so happy for the Rams' general manager, Les Snead, the team he built, the way he made move after move. Like Cam Akers, you know, tears his Achilles. I'm like, well, we need a running back. Can we trade for Sony Michelle? Let's make it happen. Can we get Von Miller? 
well, our quarterback situation, we don't like it. Can we trade the farm to get Matthew Stafford? Let's see if that pays off. I love that they made risky move, you know, quote unquote, risky move after risky move, mortgaging their future. Caution to the wind. We don't care about the future. We'll worry about that later. We need to win a Super Bowl. And they did it. And that's really cool. On top of, by the way, you know, man, the guy I haven't talked about yet is Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, the star receiver. In the Super Bowl, he had eight catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. On the final drive for L.A., he not only had a key run on fourth down to get a first down. He also caught four passes and a game-winning touchdown really twice. One was called back. Then the second time he caught a back shoulder fade from Matthew Stafford. I remember watching Cooper Cup in college at Eastern Washington University. I watched him live many times from the sideline working for ESPN, and he's come such a long way. It's so cool for him. You know, he now just won a Super Bowl MVP. That guy from Washington went to a small school, made it to the NFL, now he sits atop the world, you know, atop the football world. It's so cool to see. And I want to be clear, Cooper Cup basically just had the best year a receiver has ever had in the NFL. He got the receiving triple crown, meaning that he had the most catches, the most receiving yards, and most receiving touchdowns all last year. He led the year in all three categories across the NFL. He won the NFL's Offensive Player of the Year, and he just got the Super Bowl MVP award, which is like... What else can you ask from this guy? And the only other ever receiver to ever do all three things, and that's in his entire career, is Jerry Rice. Not only did Cooper Cup do that during his career, he did it all in one season, which is unbelievable. I just, you have to, you know, tip your cap to the year that Cooper Cup had. And there was so much pressure on the Rams to win this Super Bowl. All the moves they made. Like, imagine if you trade your future for Matthew Stafford. You trade for Von Miller. You sign OBJ. You make a move for a running back to kind of hold your team together while Cam Akers gets healthy, Sony Michelle. You do all that stuff. You mortgage your future, and you don't win a Super Bowl. By the way, in your home building. All the pressure was on the LA Rams, and they won, which is so cool to see. Uh, and, man, like, despite OBJ getting hurt, despite – all the stuff that happened in the game, it's cool to see the Rams pull it out. And shout out to Matthew Stafford, man. At the end of the game, and his team really needed a play or two, he put together a really good game-winning drive. Uh, big plays he delivered, and I'm just so, so happy for the L.A. Rams and their fan base. Now, look, I, I thought everything that could have gone right for the Cincinnati Bengals did go in their favor. The Rams really struggled to run the ball. At one point, they had, you know, <laughs> Cam Akers, the running back, had 11 carries for 13 yards. Like, he, they didn't run the ball very well in L.A. Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. Matthew Stafford threw two interceptions. One was basically a punt, and, and one was not his fault. But still, you get two picks on the opposing quarterback. That's great. By the way, the Bengals did not have a turnover the entire game. They beat Jalen Ramsey deep twice. They had a deep ball to Jamar Chase down the right sideline, then a deep ball to T. Higgins down the left sideline. There was a wild no call on that long touchdown to start the third quarter where, remember, he grabbed Jalen Ramsey's face mask and no one called it. The way the second half started in general, there was that one play 75-yard drive, the deep ball, the first play of the third quarter, that long touchdown to T. Higgins. Then on the Rams' first play right after that, Matthew Stafford throws an interception. And you're like, my gosh, the Bengals have the lead. 
the all the momentum and the football. I mean, everything that could have gone the Bengals' way did. And unfortunately, in the fourth quarter, the Bengals' biggest weakness, their offensive line really cost them. They had chances, man. They had the ball three times in the fourth quarter. They punted two times. They had a turnover on downs. And Joe Burrow got sacked a lot in that second half. And I thought that if the game was close, Cincinnati would have an edge here. I thought that, man, I, I thought the Rams probably should have won by 17 points. So they were a better football team. But I'm like, look, if you allow Cincinnati to hang around, they're going to make plays late in the game. And I, I guess I just got that one right. Congrats to the L.A. Rams. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, it, it's really disappointing that the Bengals didn't score at all in the fourth quarter. I, I like I, win or lose. I, I'm happy with the outcome. It, it's. I don't really have a dog in the fight too much, but um, I really would have liked to see more scoring at the end. It did come down to the end. The Rams are on the goal line. It was tense. It was dramatic. It was fun, but I'm disappointed that the Bengals didn't put up any points in the fourth quarter at all. I would have I would have thought that if the game was close at the end, I really did believe the Bengals had an edge. And uh, again, I guess I just got that one wrong. So I guess, honestly, I'm sad, man. Like, I really am. I, I was... I was rooting openly for the Cincinnati Bengals to win this Super Bowl. It was a magical run. I'm really sad they lost. And I worry that this was a once-in-a-lifetime run for Joe Burrow. I mean, I really, really want to see Joe Burrow win a Super Bowl in his career. Nobody expected them to be in the big game. And it's just a heartbreaking loss because, look, everybody knows what Cincinnati needs to do. They need to build their offensive line. They need, a ne- they need a new right guard, and they need a new right tackle. It's just they're lacking heavily at those two positions. And I mean, I thought the defense played really well. I mean, sure, they gave up the game-winning touchdown drive, but frankly, that's to be expected. It's an offensive league. The Bengals shut down the Rams' running game. They held Cooper Cup in check largely. He had less than 100 yards receiving. And yeah, on the final drive, he got beat by Cooper Cup a couple times. He's the offensive player of the year in the NFL. He had an incredible year. He probably should have won MVP. I can live with your defense, Eli Apple, getting beat by Cooper Cup. Like, that's okay, fine. But I want Joe Burrow to make a play in the fourth quarter. And unfortunately, their offense could not score in the fourth quarter. It comes back to that offensive line. It's like, oh, man, we knew all year. They were playing with fire, but it finally caught up to them. And I've said it before. So many things went the Bengals' way. They shut down the Rams' running game. OBJ got hurt. Stafford threw two interceptions. They beat Jalen Ramsey deep two times. T. Higgins got away with one. The Bengals had a lot of things go well for them, go their way. And they just couldn't score in the fourth quarter. Joe Burrow got sacked seven times. And, you know, looking back, it's a miracle they found a way to win that game when Joe Burrow got sacked nine times against Tennessee. I just think you can't keep asking him to make magic happen over and over and over again. Like, you're just not going to consistently win football games when you're the most sacked quarterback in the entire NFL, which he was, by the way. No quarterback got sacked more this year in the entire NFL than Joe Burrow. And no quarterback has ever gotten sacked more in a postseason than Joe Burrow. I don't think it's a Joe Burrow problem. I think it's an offensive line problem. The team just really couldn't beat a four-man rush when you would stunt. Like, did you watch Von Miller? They're like, hey, we're going to crash Von Miller inside and run a stunt, and they, they had no answer. The right guard and right tackle couldn't communicate, couldn't make it work. 
And I love Joe Burrow, but I worry about the guy. I can't be the only person who was watching Joe Burrow on the ground, writhing, holding his knee, going, oh, no. I mean, I went into panic mode. I was like, did he tear his ACL again two years in a row now? Like, this guy gets hit over and over. He takes a beating. It's very clear what the Bengals need to do. They need to build their offensive line. It's not the defense's fault. I thought, all things considered, their defense played fantastic. I really was shocked and surprised at how well the Bengals' defense actually played. The offensive line was the Achilles heel of this football team. And, you know, unfortunately, the Bengals are 0-3 in Super Bowl appearances. Um, That is not fun. And, oh, man. You know, I was really rooting for... Cincinnati. I was going to wear a Skyline Chili shirt if they want to have it all prepared. I ironed it. Like, literally during halftime, I paused it because I'm, I'm not going to miss the halftime show. I paused it and was starting to iron my shirt. I'm like, Joey B's going to win, baby! Man, it didn't happen. And uh, it's tough, man. It's a tough, really, really sad loss. And uh, I don't know, man. I, I hope that we see Joe Burrow in a big game like that again during his career. I don't know that that'll happen. Um, and I, I just hope that Cincinnati can build them an offensive line because if they don't, they're playing with fire. It's just not going to consistently work. They're not going to keep getting back to Super Bowls without a better offensive line, and it's clear what they need to do, and I, I just hope that they take care of business and build that offensive line to help out their young, incredible star quarterback, Joe Burrow. Okay, uh, the Super Bowl is a super – the Super Bowl is a super unique – weird kind of thing. It's not just a football game. It's a cultural event. I love the commercials. Uh, The halftime show usually is hit or miss. I'm never sure if I'm going to like it or not. The Super Bowl halftime show this year was unfreaking believable Oh my goodness. Did you watch it? I did. It was incredible. Um, I just kept smiling the entire time when Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre started. La-da-da-da-da. It's a motherfucking D-O-double-G. I was like, yes! Oh, my goodness! And it kept getting better and better. And there was iconic song after iconic song. And it was so cool. This is the best Super Bowl halftime show I've ever seen in my entire lifetime. I'd put it up there with Michael Jackson. I've seen that one. That was great. Prince was amazing. This was my personal favorite. And it's not even close. I, it was all the music that spoke to me. It's my, oh, my gosh, it was so good. And it sounded really good, too, by the way. Like, often... You can play a good song and have it not sound good. I know it sounded good, too. Like, the performances were really good. Dr. Dre on piano, Eminem, when he broke. Oh, my gosh. His appearance, his, what he did. It was just so cool. And on top of that, it was amazing camera work. There's that shot. It looked like a music video. I mean, it really did. I couldn't believe I was watching something live. I'm like, this looks pre-recorded, as well orchestrated as it is. The cameraman zooming in and out. And at the end, when everyone's on stage, it felt like, I mean, I literally said, I, I guess to my cat, I'm, I'm alone in my apartment. I'm like, that's the real Avengers right there, man. Like all of my heroes. It was so cool to see. And uh, I don't know. I just uh, a really, really incredible halftime show uh, on Sunday. And, and by the way, the Bengals kicker, Evan McPherson, stayed on the field, which I, I love that. He was chilling, you know, watching the halftime show, enjoying his life. And as long as he makes his kicks, I don't care at all. Who cares if Evan McPherson wants to stay out during the halftime show? He was perfect on the day. Two for two, kicking field goals. Two for two, kicking extra points. And as long as you make your kicks, do whatever you want, buddy. And uh, I, 
it was kind of a cool moment that showed his attitude on life. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna miss this. I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm a kicker. I've got nothing to strategize about during halftime. All I am really is in the way when we're trying to have meetings and do defensive game planning and offensive schematics. And I'm like, I'm a kicker. I'm just gonna hang out out here. Life's good. And uh, I'm really, really happy for him. It was uh, unfortunately he didn't win the game, obviously, but that was a cool moment for him, and it really showed who he is as a person. It made me love Evan McPherson even more. Now, the commercials. Uh, it was not a great year for Super Bowl commercials. It was basically a bunch of movie trailers and crypto commercials, which I don't, I don't care. I, I felt like everyone... I mean, I really feel like companies making Super Bowl commercials are afraid of Twitter. Like, they're so afraid of Twitter that they're just we're seeing commercials get safer and safer. No one wants to try to make a funny joke or say this. The pandemic definitely uh, accentuated that as well. And it's just way less funny now. Like it really is. I want to see a, the commercial that takes a big risk. And I remember watching as a kid my entire lifetime, Super Bowl commercials have been one of my favorite things about the experience. And this year I felt like I watched all the commercials and was like, I, I should have just not. I, sh I mean, I really don't think I gained much from the experience. There were a couple that were great. Uh, probably the best one was the one with Larry David rejecting a bunch of good ideas. He's like, the light bulb, idiocy. The wheel, stupid. Toilets, we can poop outside. What's a, a fork? I got hands to eat with. Like, that's pretty funny. And the commercial's like, don't be like Larry David. That's, that's great. Although I don't, I'm not, I don't really like the peer pressure scammy vibe of, all the crypto commercials. I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not a crypto guy. I Please do not write in. I do not want to hear your opinion on cryptocurrency. If you love it, great. That's your thing. I, I don't know. It's not my thing. And I don't know. The Larry David commercial was funny, but there were like so many crypto commercials. Uh, the Ewan McGregor Expedia commercial was great. Uh, that one kind of spoke to me. It was about how you'll regret the places you didn't go. Like, wouldn't you rather spend your money on experiences rather than buying stuff. And I was like, yeah, I love that one. But really, it was mostly movie trailers that got my attention. Uh, the Adam Project, the Ryan Reynolds Netflix movie looks cool. I think it comes out March 11th. Uh, Doctor Strange, Lord of the Rings. Like, the trailers were really interesting and good, but they were the most impactful things we saw during the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, I, there was a Pringles commercial that was really funny, actually, where was very self-aware. This guy got a Pringles can stuck on his hand his entire life. And you see him go from, you know, getting married to death. And you're like, <laughs> that's great and hilarious. Um, I think, I believe Bud Light seltzer soda is a thing. That looked interesting to me. I don't know if I'll ever drink it, but I liked that. Oh, uh, the Best Foods Mayo commercial with Jared Mayo where they're like, you know, make taste, not waste. And he unnecessarily tackled Pete Davidson. And Pete Davidson goes... I get it. I'm very hittable. I like that one. Um, there was a funny Amazon Alexa commercial with Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson where it was like Alexa was outing them. That was pretty fun. That's it, though. None of the commercials, for the most part, really spoke to me. And it was kind of the last couple of years of Super Bowl commercials have been getting weaker and weaker. And I'm not impressed. In fact, I'm, I'm disappointed because I know what it was like years ago. It was way better, way more entertaining. And Companies were taking risks and trying to be funny, and I feel like no one's trying to be funny anymore, which is just uh, – that's sad to me. I feel like we're missing a part of our culture that is is really cool, and I don't know. Let, write in. Let me know. Did you like the Super Bowl commercials? Were they funny? 
Was it mostly just crypto and movie trailers? Am I crazy? I don't know. What were your favorites? Write in, let me know. Uh, I'd love to have a conversation about that with you guys. That sounds kind of fun to me. All right. It's time for my favorite part of the show. We're going to read questions from the audience. You go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. In case you do not know how it works, patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler. You give a dollar a month. You can give more if you want to. Please do. It literally does pay my rent, keeps the lights on. But a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. Now, if you submit a question, I do not guarantee to read your question on the show. My only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I've been a top couple to read them on the show. Question number one today comes from Manny. Let me do the work of opening the, the Google Docs. Okay, here we are, 458 questions. Manny says, why well, I want it load. There we go. Manny says, I don't think the refs were all that bad, but they, quote, gave both teams touchdowns. But my only issue is that they only started calling stuff at the end of the game. Happy for Stafford and the Rams, but just leaves a tad bit of sour taste in my mouth. How do you feel about the calls against Cincy in the last two minutes of the game? Uh, Manny, I don't know. I, I really appreciated that for most of the game, the refs were not involved. Like, they stayed quiet. They didn't get involved with stuff. Uh, they did definitely miss a call on T. Higgins, where T. Higgins probably should have been called for offensive pass interference on that first play of the third quarter, that deep ball for a long touchdown. Uh, there was a great no call, though, I want to give credit to the, the refs for, that I really appreciated. It was a moment where Joe Burrow is running along the sideline. He gets yeeted out of bounds by Aaron Donald. And there was a bit of a skirmish, some pushing, some shoving, Hey, back off my quarterback. Kind of a lot of like, you know, happens in football and there were no flags. And I really appreciated that, that there was no flags for the pushing and shoving. It's like, let's just de-escalate. Our job as a ref, really, I'm not a ref, but in my opinion, in a situation like that, the ref's job is to de-escalate. Like, yeah, if someone punches somebody or something crazy happens, throw a flag, but it's football. Like you can push a little bit and yell at each other. It shouldn't be taunting. It shouldn't be a penalty. And I'm glad the refs were like, let's not throw a flag here. Let's just separate everybody and move on with the game, and they did, and I was just really glad no one got penalized for anything there. Um, and so Bengals fans that are maybe upset about the calls at the end, there was the penalty on Logan Wilson. I thought he did, you know, I thought he did have pass, like legit pass interference against Cooper Cup. Uh, there's one on Eli Apple, I believe. I mean, like, I thought they were the right calls. Should they maybe have been ignored? I don't think so. I mean, remember, the Bengals got away with one to start the third quarter. So in my head, they all kind of even out. You got a touchdown. We got a touchdown. Um, I don't know. Key moment on the goal line, end of the Super Bowl. You commit a pretty clear pass interference. Like, you can't ignore that as a ref. You just can't. And so, I don't know. If you really want to be mad at anything, it's that, I mean, the Rams scored with enough time for Cincinnati to come back and score. And the, the Bengals had the ball. They had a chance, and they couldn't get it done at the end of the fourth quarter. So I, that's on the offensive line. That's not on the refs. And I thought the refs honestly did a really great job the entire game, and I was very glad that we just didn't have to talk about the refs for pretty much the entire game until they were forced to make a call in the fourth quarter on the goal line when there was a clear call they had to make. So I, I don't know. I, I, Manny, I, I hear you, but I, I don't agree. I think the, the refs were actually – and you said it like, you know, they it's pretty fair. It does, you don't like that they appeared at the end, but they had to. And so um, I walked away going, as far as 
you know, big, important games go, that's one of the best officiated games I've ever seen, where the refs just didn't really impact the outcome too much, and I, I appreciate that. All right. Uh, Mark writes in. Sorry to put on some chapstick. Chappy sticker. Let me, uh, let me read this one. Mark. Mark says, I typed this with two minutes left, so I'll change it to the Bengals should have won. So I put on Patreon. Tell me why the winning team, you thought they won. So Mark says, <laughs> Jamar Chase caught his deep balls. T. Higgins was utilized. Odell Beckham Jr. was hurt, unfortunately. The Bengals' defense played great. Matthew Stafford didn't play his best and threw a, a pick. Now that the Rams have won, I really can't answer the prompt. I, so I, I'm with you. Like, I mean, it really, in my opinion, goes to show how much better the Rams really are than Cincinnati. Like, the Rams had so many things go wrong. They couldn't run. OBJ got hurt. Stafford threw one interception. It was basically a punt on third and forever. Caught the end zone. It really was inconsequential. He had another interception to start the third quarter. Bounced off Skoranek's hands. Like, that's not his fault, but it's still unfortunate. Um, it, yeah, you did beat <laughs> Jalen Ramsey twice. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think a lot of things went Cincinnati's way, and they did the best they could, but the fact that they still lost really shows how much of a talent gap there really was between L.A. and Cincinnati. And if Cincinnati had found a way to win, they'd probably win, you know, one out of the ten times they play L.A. Like, L.A. is that much better of a football team, in my opinion, where— they probably beat Cincinnati nine out of ten times, and things had to go right for Cincinnati. They did go right for Cincinnati, and they still didn't win. What does that say about the Bengals that says that the Rams are just a better football team? If you can have that bad of a performance and still win a Super Bowl, I mean, and not not that the Rams were bad, but that a lot of things went wrong for them. They just had some stuff that didn't go their way, and they still won. So I just thought the Rams were a much better football team, in my opinion. Uh, Paul writes in and says, this was a super enjoyable Super Bowl, in my opinion. I was on the edge of my seat up till the end. That being said, was there anything in this game that a team or player did that surprised you or you weren't expecting? Also, I think that Ramsey had a bad game. Do you think the same? Let's tackle that first. Jalen Ramsey puts himself directly in the firing line on every single play. Like When you are going up against basically the way the Rams play defense on Sunday was, we're going to predict where we think the ball is going. And put Jalen Ramsey on that guy. And so they threw to Jalen Ramsey constantly. The fact that he only really got beat straight up one time by Jamar Chase on a really great catch is impressive. He stopped T. Higgins on the goal line. There was that no call on the deep ball where T. Higgins probably should have been called for offensive pass interference. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, I thought, played actually a remarkable game. Uh, to only get beat truly one time, I mean, that, that's just, like, that's defense, man. Like, the rules of the NFL are skewed heavily towards the offensive side of the football. So I think you got to really actually praise the balls of steel on Jalen Ramsey for putting himself in the firing line constantly and doing really well. Like he just takes that challenge head on. Uh, what surprised me from this game? Um, you know, I, I would have liked to see maybe a few more deep balls to Jamar Chase. Like, just take a chance. Uh, Joe Burrow didn't throw an interception. I would have rather him throw a pick on a deep ball to J Jamar Chase than in the second half go nowhere with a football. Um, I thought that he held on to the ball a little bit longer in the second half. It was necessity, like they had to, but um, nothing really shocked me. I mean, I, I'm not surprised that the Bengals' offensive line kind of um, – fell apart in the second half. That's not a shock at all. It's, it's disappointing, but it's not a surprise. Caleb writes in and says, Hello, Zach. 
I want to jump in and begin with how happy I am for the LA Rams. It's exciting to see a team go all in for a championship and have it pay off big time. I totally agree. I love that. I mean, Stafford's career has been completely changed in the eyes of the general public. Considering their victory, do you think the Rams have enough for a few more years? Or do you think that next year is the last year for this unit? Um, Caleb, the NFC is potentially wide open next year because Tom Brady, I think, is gone. We'll see if he goes somewhere else. Aaron Rodgers might leave Green Bay. If that happens, then there really is nobody to challenge L.A. in the NFC. The Cardinals having problems with Kyler Murray. So uh, the Rams are going to lose some players for sure. Andrew Whitworth is probably gone. OBJ, I believe, is a free agent. Uh, Von Miller, will he retire? Will he go? Will Aaron Donald retire? Um, But they can survive some of those losses. They're still going to be a really good football team. And uh, I don't know they're going to win the Super Bowl next year, but they could be back next year. I mean... um, they're still going to be really good regardless. And uh, I just hope that people don't – I hope that Matthew Stafford – like, let's say that they lose Aaron Donald, Eric Weddle's obviously going to retire, Andrew Whitworth, Von Miller, OBJ. They lose all those people, they, but they still end up in the Super Bowl again next year. And then they lose to Kansas City or Josh Allen or the Denver Broncos with Aaron Rodgers or something like that, Right. I hope the narrative doesn't suddenly go to people saying, well, you know, the one time Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl, he had a bunch of really amazing players around him. Like, he clearly can't win on a bad team. I'm like, well, no, like, Stafford's amazing. And he made plays when he needed to. And um, I, I think Stafford's legacy, in my opinion, is secured as he's a legend and he's really, really good. And, um, you know, every quarterback needs a good football team. Aaron Rodgers once had a horrible part of my French dog shit year where they were awful. Like uh, Tom Brady had to go to Tampa to win a Super Bowl because he realized, hey, even though I'm the legend Tom Brady, I need to have good people around me. Every quarterback in the NFL, all I hear is Aaron Rodgers' defense, Aaron Rodgers' coaching staff, the special teams, the de- the receiving core. Like every quarterback needs help, even Matthew Stafford. So like, I don't know. I, I really hate that. I, I hope that the legacy... I hope other people view Matthew Stafford's legacy the same way I do, which is that he's clearly clearly a great quarterback who's proven himself rather than people constantly being skeptical of his success this year with L.A. Devin writes in and says, Hey, Zach, I found the ending of this Super Bowl really poetic and not in a good way. Before the season, people trashed Cincinnati for choosing Jamar Chase over offensive tackle Panay Sewell. Obviously, he was an amazing pick, but in the biggest moment of the year, how crazy is it that the Bengals' line finally came back to bite them? They gave up the f- a fourth down sack with seconds left in the biggest game of these players' careers. Season is over. I acknowledge they wouldn't be there without Jamar Chase, and I'm not saying they should draft Penny Sewell in hindsight. I just wanted to point out this, is, this interesting story out. It was poetic, but poems don't always have happy endings. Uh, I totally agree. Um, you say poetic, I say painful. Jamar Chase was the right pick. Let's start there. It was. They, they wouldn't have been here without Jamar Chase. But you are playing with fire when you have a bad offensive line. You just are. And unfortunately, they finally got burned by the biggest weakness on their football team. And um, they have to address it for next year because it really, really held them back in this game particularly. Okay, final question of the day. A short and quick episode of Strong Opinion Sports. Richmond says, the Rams won because they statistically would. It was Aaron Donald and Von Miller against the worst offensive line in the NFL. 
it was Cooper Cup and initially OBJ against Eli Apple. The Bengals made the most out of the early Rams mishaps. OBJ's injury, a very unlucky third quarter interception. But unfortunately, the mismatches were too much for the Bengals to protect their lead. Matthew Stafford came in clutch and made the plays when they mattered most. Eli Apple couldn't cover Cooper Cup and OBJ as a Saints fan who watched him get burned and called for P.I. for a few years when I saw him. I saw this from a mile away. The Bengals O-line did their best shutting down the Rams' pass rush in the first half, but they were completely outperformed in the second half. It's the most boring storyline, but the Rams won because they were supposed to. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I really, you know, uh, when you have everything go your way and you still can't win the Super Bowl, it says a lot about how much better the other team was. And the Rams were a much better team, not only on paper, but talent-wise, I mean, everything. I, even with help, Cincinnati couldn't win the Super Bowl. And uh, I'm glad it was a close game. It was tense. It was fun. I thought, I mean, when I, when the Bengals had the ball at the end, I really believed they had a shot. And they came up short, but I can live with that. I'm, I would ra- way prefer to have a game end the way it did on Sunday with a late touchdown by L.A. to take the lead. The Bengals, Joe Burrow has the ball late in the game and an opportunity to score like, hey, you had a shot. And it was entertaining. It was fun. I believed it was a game until the final couple plays. And that, to me, that's a perfect Super Bowl. I just don't want to blow up. I never want to see... Was it Denver, Seattle, where they won like 49 to 7? You're like, oh my gosh, horrible. I never want to see that again. So I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Cincinnati, they gave a, a good run. They made to believe they had a shot, which, hey, I'll t- I mean, if you told me week one of the NFL season that Cincinnati would be in the Super Bowl and I would be convinced they were going to win, I would have been like, what are you smoking? You're crazy. So... To me, it's a great Super Bowl. It's a great win. Uh, and the flow was interrupted for sure by penalties at the end of the fourth quarter. But I, I thought all around, man, what a fantastic, great Super Bowl. The best halftime performance we've ever seen. Uh, and the commercials could have been better. But um, I don't know. It's one that this wasn't like an epic Super Bowl. I'll say that. I will, I will, I will tell you that. It was kind of a, huh, wow, good game. Move on. Like, I don't think – I will always remember the Patriots – Giants in 2007, the Tom Brady 28 to three comeback against Atlanta. The, I mean, like, geez, I mean, I I look back, Tom Brady's been in so many Super Bowls. It's kind of unbelievable. Um, Kansas city against the 49ers were great. Like, I don't know. This is one of the more mundane Super Bowls I'll, I'll think of when I look back on my time and my life, but, um, nonetheless, it was a good one. And I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl as much as I did. It was like Christmas day. It was so awesome. And, uh, Guys, that's all I have. I love you. I appreciate you very, very much. Hope you have a great day. I will see you tomorrow for predictions versus reality. And uh, with that, bam, we are done.